0: The favorite time of the year has arrived. And what does that mean for the Bruins? Were they screwed? Maybe. Can they still get through despite it? Absolutely. We'll talk about it on Locked On UCLA.
1: You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey everybody, I'm Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer. On the other side, that's Max Kelton. We'd like to welcome you to Locked On UCLA today. Thanks for tuning in. It's March Madness time, and we are excited. The Bruins did not win the Pac-12 tournament. We'll touch on that. The injuries, everything, and their path to the Final Four and the title game. So for UCLA, they get the two seed in the West. They do not get the one seed. And to be quite honest... Before we go back and touch on the Pac-12 tournament and how they fought as a whole and why they can win the NCAA tournament, UCLA should have been a one seed. I think we're kind of in agreement there based on what they did. Even though they lost two out of three to Arizona, it just doesn't seem correct that if you make your first listen for this Locked On UCLA podcast every day and watch it on YouTube, I think if you're UCLA fans, we all agree they should be a one seed. What are your thoughts, Max? It, it's a great point. I, I think that their resume
1: is that of a one seed. But frankly, now I, I looked at the 8-9 matchups. There's a lot of really good teams in those 8-9 matchups. And I'm now thinking about, hey, UCLA's path to the Final Four, path to a championship. I am not too too hard on on these Bruins. You know, when it comes to that one seed, I think that where they are is, is they're in a good spot. They play that UNC Asheville team. Drew Pembark coming up. He's he's a he's up for one one of the Player of the Year, the Lou Player of the Year award. He's a really good player, but the Bruins are they they have all of the means to shut down this team in a 2-15 matchup. They're looking. I think their road to the championship is is a little smoother. As a two seed rather than a one, I think they would have played against a team like maybe Illinois or Arkansas, and I don't know if you want to play Eric Musselman in March. Um, So, you know, I actually don't hate that the Bruins didn't get that one seed, despite their resume indicating that they were deserving of it.
0: Yeah, if you're Kansas, you get Howard, but then you get the winner of Arkansas and Illinois. And Arkansas proved it. Last couple years, they can go deep into tournaments. Eric Musselman's proved even with Nevada, he can go deep into tournaments. And then UCLA already lost on a neutral floor to Illinois. So I think avoiding them isn't the worst thing. So that's one thing. And on UCLA's half of the bracket, you beat UNC Asheville if you do that. And then you get the winner of Northwestern and Boise State, which is a very interesting 7-10 matchup. But I guess the big thing is, even though we we might like the the path to the sweet 16, the path to go attempt and beat Kansas, you know, is either gonna be a Kansas or a Houston or whoever it was, it would be a tough two seed if UCLA were a one seed. But what yes. do you think? Do you think UCLA was deserving of being a one seed? Well, I think that's that question is up up for debate, right? That's why
1: we're here. That's why we're here. We're here to debate that. I we talked about it last week. Hey, if they win the Pac-12 tournament. That they deserve to be a one seed. And, you know, Purdue was able to win the Big Ten tournament and ultimately turn up a one seed. Frankly, I think Texas is more deserving than Purdue. I think Texas might be a front runner for the national championship in my eyes, aside from Alabama. That said, Purdue, they haven't played a ranked team since Indiana. That was back in February. They have lost two straight to Indiana. They lost four of their five games this season in February down the stretch, whereas the Bruins had won 13 straight before ultimately losing in the last second to Arizona. And by the way, we'll talk about that. That was, what a what a brutal loss it was. And it goes back to maybe that offensive foul call on um, Amari Bailey early on in the first half of action. What One what of the most egregious calls I've ever seen in college basketball, might I add. But, um, you know, we talk about whether they're deserving. Sure. They were deserving. You know, this is a team that was one of the best, ha- had one of the best records in the country, has one of the best players in the country, has a solid defense, continues to improve day by day, one of the best coaches in the country. Of course they were deserving. But if we, if we you know, if, if, we, if we don't focus on what the road is ahead and we walk onto that, that number, that number next to the Bruins name, can't move forward. The, the key is right now that in on on the Bruins side of the bracket, they will maybe face Gonzaga if if the chalk reads, you know, moving into into the, the later rounds. I, I think it's what Sweet Sixteen. They would they would face Gonzaga. Yeah, I like that matchup for UCLA. I like that matchup for UCLA. Drew Timmy is the star on that team, but aside from that, they don't have they don't have too much. So I like where the Bruins are, and frankly, I'm happy that they're on that bottom right hand corner of the bracket right now.
0: It's an interesting draw for sure. Northwestern was a bit of a darling this year in the Big Ten, and Boise State, we're not entirely sure how the Mountain West will play in the last couple of years. I believe the Mountain West is, especially last year, they almost no-showed in the tournament in terms of getting all those teams and being available. And while Gonzaga will have to get through a a feisty Grand Canyon team, don't forget, TCU is a tough team on the other side, and then Arizona State-Nevada will be a tough 11. There's a possibility UCLA could have a rematch against Arizona State in you know the Sweet 16, which could be a very interesting battle for a third time, but obviously, who do you think would be UCLA's toughest team to face if it goes a certain way in the first three matchups? Who would you not want to face in those first three games?
1: Oh, not want to face. You know, it's it's a good question. Um... I actually I look at that bottom side of the bracket and of course you have Gonzaga who is, you know, perennially a powerhouse, but they don't have as much pressure this year. I think I like that matchup for UCLA. I I think I like UCLA running through this up until the Elite Eight and on that bottom side of that West region, you know, I, I like where the Bruins are. What I don't like is the top side of that West region. That side is stacked. First, Kansas. Kansas is an elite team. Yes, they have lost a couple to Texas, but I just mentioned. I think Texas is one of the best teams in the country. So I, I will, I will give them the benefit of the doubt there. Okay. Uh, I, I'm looking at the rest of this bracket. Arkansas was a powerhouse at the start of the year. They started out the year 11 and one, playing in the SEC. That is a really good team. That if they click it toward the end of the season, they can come alive in March. And Eric Musselman knows how 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 to work this Illinois uh the Bruins already lost to Illinois this season I don't want to play them um St. Mary's is a terrific five seed if you're looking for a 5-12 matchup that will be an upset I would not choose VCU I think St. Mary's is a really good team frankly I think that they might even be better than the Zags um but but the, the, but the West- Zags
0: did get them twice in a row yeah. so it depends yeah. I mean Gonzaga came and beat them and in Las Vegas. But, you know, it, it's a tough matchup either way. If, if St. Mary's and Mahaney get hot, then you don't really want to face them with their defense and three-point shooting. No doubt about
1: it. I think they're one of the best mid-majors in the country and a really fun team to watch. Um, Yeah. Moving forward through the bracket, UConn was really solid this year. It was a really good big East. Um, And they, they put up a tight fight against Marquette in the semifinal. Marquette's a great team. Another, I think, Dark Horse Championship contender, and they play against Rick Pitino and Iona. That's an upset potential right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's not necessarily the bottom half of that West region that I'm as worried about. It's the top half. And I think – excuse me. I think Kansas should certainly be scared because they have no guaranteed path
0: to the Elite Eight and the Final Four. You know, I think for me – It'd be interesting facing an Arizona State if they get through, upset some teams from the first four. We've seen there's usually a team from the first four who wins and then advances one to two rounds. That's just generally how it is. And I feel like Arizona State might be one of those teams. I think TCO, TCU is pretty good. I mean, they already laid the beat down on Kansas. This is a weird bracket, right? Or the one and two seeds have teams in their bracket that have beat them down either on the road or neutral sites and taking losses. So this is a very intriguing bracket for a Kansas or you know, most importantly for you know, us Bruin fans. And it just it's a very interesting thing. I think UCLA, they'll have tough matchups. There's no debating that. There'll be games we sh- we should expect UCLA to play a lot better and they'll have to grind it out to the final seconds and we'll lose some years off our life. But I think if UCLA can get through the first two rounds, then there's a third round, you know, the Sweet 16. Depending on who it is, it'll either be very easy, it'll be very fun or very tough. And then from the Elite Eight forward is where UCLA has to pull magic. You know, it has to be a dream season from that point on to beat a Kansas or anybody from the top half of the West to go beat somebody because they're matched up with the Midwest. And if Xavier holds, even Texas, that's a tough 1-2 matchup in the West, right? In the Midwest. So to get and play one of those two teams from either the AAC or even the Big 12, just to get to the Final Four and beat one of those teams. This is a tough, you know, I think we're maybe in agreement. UCLA is a good path to the Elite Eight in terms of a winnable path. But beyond that, UCLA will be extremely tested from there, from there and out, which is why UCLA with the injuries and the question marks have probably fallen off some odds makers' national championship, you know, shortlists in terms of when Clark went out, how it bona fell mm-hmm. in the Pac-12 tournament. So, you know, you can be a little bullish. You can be very happy. But I think in terms of getting through and avoiding an upset, I think UCLA has a good couple of weekends. But as we saw last year, 15 seed got to the Elite Eight. You just hope the Bruins, yeah. you know, is UNC Asheville th- this year St. Peter's? Who knows? You just want to avoid those thoughts. And I think we're in agreement. UCLA can get to the Elite Eight. And then that's when it gets tough. And that's when you either hope sometimes in these tournaments – you hope somebody beats that other big dog and then you get an easier Mm -hmm. matchup. Or as in 21, UCLA went up against the big dogs in the later rounds and played toe-to-toe. And speaking of playing a big dog, UCLA went toe-to-toe against Arizona, who also got a two seed out in the South. They're taking on Princeton, but we have to talk about that Pac-12 tournament because it either gives you hope for a national championship for UCLA from their sheer heart, or it makes you sad because they should have won that game against Arizona either way. But we're going to tell you first about Built Bar. And Built Bars doing something very fun with a Built Bar March Madness bracket. If we know, you know, you have a favorite Built Bar or Puff, it's now your time to make it count. Go to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorites. And when you vote for your favorite par- bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where you get 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. A free box of Built Bars. And there will be one lucky Locked On fan who'll get a 12-month subscription Built Bars. They're best bars. Their puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try Built, the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're amazing, 100% real chocolate, great protein for you. It's a a healthy protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. What makes Built Bars so good? 100% real chocolate, real chocolate. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com. Again, BuiltMarchMadness.com. Vote for your favorite par, your bar, or puff, and try and win a free stack of Built for all year long. Cruising on with Locked On UCLA. Zach anderson Yoxheimer, alongside Max Kelton. Thanks for making Locked On UCLA your first listen each and every day. Go check out Locked On College Basketball. Break, bracket breakdown. They've got national analysis and insights with the bracket. Locked On College Basketball. Check it out on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. As we're breaking down UCLA in the Pac-12 tournament. And this whole week will be kind of dedicated to talking about March Madness and talking about the tournament. So we, you know, if you don't think we t- covered something today, There's a whole week of stuff to talk about for UCLA basketball and the tournament and full thoughts going through the bracket officially what we think can happen. But still, let's kind of recap what happened on that Saturday evening in Vegas and what was what, Tucson, basically in the McHale Center for Arizona, 80% Wildcat fans, UCLA without Jalen Clark, without the likes of Adem Bona, and fought and probably should have won that game as we've already touched on one of the worst Offensive foul calls ever called on the Amari Bailey dunk that probably was the dunk of the year, if not one of the highlight reel dunks. How
1: was that an offensive foul? That's the real question. And I, I think it was talked about throughout the entire nation. He's in the air. He's in the area. It, it was beyond me. It was beyond me. And I, I think a lot of the time we forget that the possessions in the first half translate the same. It, equi- it equates the same as possessions in the second half and toward the final five minutes of the game. So, Hey, the Bruins lost by 2. That's 2 points off the board. Mick Cronin was furious, rightfully so. Um I don't understand how a call like that can be made on such a crucial stage.
0: Yeah, it was, you know, and seeing how much other how many other things get let go, you know, there's the debate of the rainy push off on the three-point shot. I don't know about your thoughts. I didn't really touch on it in the reaction, but that was close. And of course, between the two three-point shooters, they only hit one shot between Rainy and Singleton and Ramey hit the shot that ended up going for the win. Was it a push off? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm more mad about the clear, obvious miscall on the offensive foul as opposed to, you know, UCLA getting pushed off on defense. It, you know, it, it sucks, but the two points were taken off the board as opposed to the three. You know, it is. But what impressed you about the Bruins playing without Bona and Clark against Arizona in being up late in that game? Well, I first first I'd like to say, I think they
1: you you let him play at this point, unless it's a clear cut foul you let him play, right? Um, I think Amari Bailey stood out. He showed some grit. he showed, he showed that he was the guy. He showed that he was the guy and he, I I love that Bill Walton said, everyone in here thinks that they're here that check that Amari Bailey thinks that everyone in here is here to see him. Um, and when you play with that kind of confidence, man, I love it. I love it. I love. I love playing with with you know some dirt on your sleeve and and playing like you are the that that man. So um, I think that he is poised to step up. You know, late in this in this season, I think that he's in a really good role to to be that guy alongside Jaime and and uh, and Tiger Tiger and you know. I, I, I just, I love the confidence from a young player. That's all it is. Just coming so late into, into a stretch that now everything else matters much more than it did at the start of the season that you, you can't say enough about confidence. It's almost a sixth sense that you can't teach. And when somebody is playing with that kind of tenacity, that, that kind of grit, it shows that they're ready. They're ready to show up in March. You don't win a national championship if you play timid basketball. And Amari Bailey did not play timid basketball.
0: Scored 26 against Colorado. Excuse me for the the hoarse voice. Then he got nine against Oregon. A quiet game, but nine and six boards. And then 19 points on better than 50% shooting against Arizona. And was cutting to the rim. What impresses me about Bailey is that hang time. That ability to glide and make it look so easy. I try to go play in my adult men's basketball league and score a layup. I get swatted. I'm like, Short, I can't even – it's like how do you glide like that? That's one of the reasons Amari Bailey was one of the top prospects for Mick Cronin coming into this year. And while next year might be a completely different story with the recruiting class and everything and who may stay and who may not and who won't, UCLA, Amari Bailey has eventually, has finally grown up. And remind, and remember, he missed that month of Pac-12 play, so he's slowly getting his footing back, and it seems like now, all right, I have to take over. He was a team player with Clark out. And then with Bona out in the finals, especially, Bailey came out and was important. And I think what impressed me most was the UCLA defense. Without Bona, they faced Arizona, a team that's got two quality bigs, Umar Balo and Azulis Tabellis, who combined for 32 points. They combined for more than half of Arizona's points, but they made them struggle for it. Struggle for it. And despite a late dagger three and Pell Larson hitting some clutch shots for Arizona, you have to be... Inspired by the defense, the grit, and the tenacity by UCLA. How many times was Arizona down one late in that game? And the Bruins, yeah. when Arizona, all they had to do was feed a big man and get a layup, they get ripped away. Steal, steal, steal. Now, the offensive end was a different story because they struggled without having Bona and, you know, Singleton struggled offensively. The Bruins overall didn't have their best offensive night, especially in the second half, only scoring 25 points. But what was impressive was the grit, the heart, the championship spirit which that can't be denied on certain times. But one wonders how far championship spirit, March Madness mix in this you know scenario here this year. But that was what stood out to me, the defense and the heart for the Bruins. Well, that gives me promise for this first round matchup too, uh,
1: for UNC Asheville. Hey, they're a really good team. They play with Drew Pimber, but he is... He's a big. He's a pig. He's he's a big who who will get his in the post. And the way that UCLA played against the Arizona bigs, who I think might be, you know, on on a different level, you know, compared to Pimber, who, yes, he's up to the National Player of the Year award. But um, that said, you know, he's playing against a, a bunch of big South opponents. Um, it gives me promise for that first round matchup, and and for UCLA to move forward despite not having you know their their full team, especially with the, this team two players fouling out you know through through that game and and, and crucial big men you know at at that they're in, only big in, man. What, they're in, only big men yeah, available both yeah, fouling exactly out. yeah so Mac 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 and Waba they you know they were both out and and um, the yeah, fact that they were still in that game. Um, and that, that that's really impressive. Um, that was really impressive. Now, here's a question for you. Um, who was it? It
0: was Dylan Andrews who took that last shot. Was he the guy that you would have gone to? I mean, Bill Walton said it perfectly. Set up David Singleton and get a three. And my guess yeah. is, how is Singleton, you know, like how did the Bruins not have Singleton down the floor? I mean, Andrews is quick and got down the floor. And you can't ask for anything better. They broke the pressure. Hawkins found the open shooter. Andrews has had you know, an interesting time coming off the bench in the Pac-12 tournament, and he didn't have a horrible game. Andrews, overall, had hit already two threes and eight points. So in terms of what he had done earlier in the game, maybe he was a guy that could have cemented himself in UCLA lore, but maybe sometimes, think about it. How many conference tournaments are there? How many teams, especially the at-large teams, are coming in on a loss, right? How many of those at-large teams are coming in a loss? And how many national champions actually have lost right before the NCAA tournament only to go on a run and win six in a row. And Arizona wanted this game and I feel like they needed this game, especially with UCLA coming in shorthanded. And not that the Bruins did it and didn't come out playing for it, but, you know, as much as they wanted the one seed, you said the path actually might be a little easier with the two in the West. Maybe that's the way the the selection committee said, all right, we're going to stack the top half, but then the bottom half might be a little easier for UCLA. But in terms of Andrews, I'd rather have Singleton taking that shot. Even if he's not hit one, there's something about his clutchness. And he only took one three all game. He was very quiet. In Arizona, you know, it was tough for UCLA because if you're, one of your best senior options at shooting the three plays 34 minutes and takes three shots, they knew how to lock yes. him down. And that's I think that's the biggest problem. We'll wrap things up when Locked On UCLA in just a moment. As you can tell, my voice is already fading so harshly. Here on Locked On that we're going to tell you about FanDuel. We're nearing the end of the NBA season; it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. You can get a no sweat first bet for up to a thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel sportsbook app; it's safe, secure, and super easy to use. All you have to do is go to fanduelcom on. You can go get the app. You can use moneyline, bet point scores, three strain. No sweat first bet up to thousand dollars in bonus bets. At fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more, make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And final segment here of Locked On UCLA Zach Anderson, Jochsheimer joined by Max Kelton. So thanks for coming on once again, Max. You might be seeing him a little more frequently here on Locked On UCLA, we'll say. We'll see how things turn out. But overall, do you feel like watching the Pac 12 tournament? Watching how the Bruins ended the season with that week without Jalen Clark, does that give you confidence for UCLA to go deep in this tournament? And by deep, we've already discussed they can get to the lead eight. We're talking, are they getting to Houston and are they playing in the national championship game? It gives it
1: gives me some confidence that they can certainly play without Jalen Clark, but they need to they need to remain out of foul trouble. Now, not only have they lost the defensive player of the year, but they've lost some depth too. And we saw that toward the end of that game against Arizona. The fact that Dylan Andrews was at, even in the basketball game is a, is a testament to, to the lack of depth that they have. A freshman who, who plays 10 minutes per game. You know, he shouldn't be in the basketball game at that time. Granted, he had hit two threes, but he shouldn't be in the basketball game at that time. You know, two two big men out. Um, the, the only other option was Will McClendon. And McClendon has a less than 10% three-point shooting percentage. The reason that That's the reason why Andrews was in the game. So they don't have the same depth without Jalen Clark. They need to be able to stay out of foul trouble. They need to be very disciplined on the defensive side of the ball. They will face some really big uh, and tough post players, and they're going to have to play a team brand of basketball moving forward. The talent is there. They have to click the puzzle pieces together, and now it feels like they're missing one of the corner pieces. So we'll see how how Mick uh, Mick Cronin can draw something up and uh, make some magic
0: happen. It comes down to the Pac-12 freshman of the year being on the floor. If you're missing Bona and Clark for an extended appearance, you could could maybe dial up an unfortunate early exit for UCLA. I think that's a fair, honest statement to say. I know they played with heart, but you can't realistically say how far they can go without two of these guys. Without Clark, I'm maybe kind of slowly working my way to the bandwagon again in terms of they can grind it out, it'll be very tough. Clark was the difference maker. He was the reason they were national championship good and were ranked in the top two in the country heading into the final week of the conference tournament season. But with Adem Bona, you can see it. Mind you, Bona was the guy who gets into foul trouble himself. So if all these bigs are getting into foul trouble, I know it's different when Bona's in there. He'll serve five minutes, leaving Etienne or Nuba available on the bench for the Bruins. But again, the bench contribution was significant for UCLA after the first game of the Pac-12 tournament against Colorado. It was nice to see UCLA get through Oregon with such ease at the end of that game, really putting them down and knocking them out, sending them to the NIT. And for the Bruins, it is going to be tough. This is where Bona truly has to step up and not get into foul trouble. I think that's a key, key thing. Because Amari Bailey's already shown he's ready. UCLA will need some David Singleton. And between Andrews and McClendon, between those two guys, they'll need some clutch buckets. And Andrews got those eight points in a game where UCLA only scored 59 points. That's a high percentage of points coming from Dylan Andrews, even though he hasn't always contributed a lot this season. So UCLA needs increased bench production, increased help from the guards, whether it be you get the big men down low from Nuba and Etienne. And while it seems like the left shoulder injury for Bona is going to be okay for now. One wonders how does that affect him on the defensive end? How does that affect him when it comes to rebounding the basketball? And how does it affect him when he tries to back down and bully his way in the paint, which he's still learning, the footwork and using the uber-athleticism to jump over guys, but scoring and trying to do that efficiently. So I think UCLA, without one guy, could go deep in this tournament. They certainly could. It's We've discussed this. The Elite Eight will determine a lot. UCLA, we think, can get through these first rounds it won't always be easy, but kind of looking at these things, I think till the lead eight is when UCLA will finally get some super trouble. But their play at Arizona State or TCU, those are tough matchups. And Northwestern could use that Big Ten magic and say, welcome to the Big Ten, son, and UCLA would be like, dang it. you know, Battle of two of the best public universities in the country, in the world? Come on, that, that's got to be fun for the second round. But those are my thoughts, Max. I don't know if you have anything you want to wrap it up with. Um, once again, the Big Ten is the
1: conference of eight seeds. Um, and hey, they, they have a lot of really good teams, a uh, few really great teams. Um, I'll leave it at that. I think Purdue doesn't deserve to be a one UCLA should have been there, but I won't ruffle my feathers on it. I think the Bruins have a great path. Um, and they have to stay healthy have to stay out of foul trouble. This is a team that is very poised to make a run. Um, but should
0: be fun. Should be a ton of fun, and I love the first-round matchup for for the Bruins. Yep. they should have a fun one against UNC Asheville on that Thursday night. We'll preview it. We'll go more in-depth thinking about the bracket and our national championship hopes and get in-depth. I mean, hey, UCLA football announced the spring practice dates. We'll talk about that as well. And I'll tell you my checklist into a potential UCLA championship, the little checklist that's got to happen for UCLA to win a national championship. We'll talk about that coming up on Locked On UCLA, but go check out Locked On College Basketball. Make that your second listen. Andy Patton, Isaac Shade, great hosts. They'll get you ready with the bracket. For Max Kelton, I'm Zach Anderson. Yoxheimer saying so long here on Locked On UCLA. Thanks for tuning in. It's eight clap time, baby. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You see UCLA. UCLA fight, Fight Fights. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins!